Hey everyone, uh, welcome to this week's uh, QSEC to the future. Um, this is future editor John. Uh, I just wanted to stop in for a little little bit uh, for a few seconds and just give a audio warning. The first few seconds are a little bit rough. I tried to adjust the levels, uh, but because of a combination of uh, drunk volume and my lack of editing skills, I could only do so much. So I apologize uh, for that, but uh, I, I assure you it does get better after a few seconds. It just opens up a little bit, a little bit rough. Uh, so I'm sorry, um, but here's the episode. Uh, here's High Fidelity. Uh, enjoy, guys. I don't even know the intro. Let's do this. Let's fucking go, boy. You sack to the future. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to QSAC to the Future. We're your hosts. I'm Grace. My name is John. And we're here to talk about our love for John QSAC, one movie at a time. And we're freaking drinking. Yep, because we thought this this would be a good idea, because after five weeks about of talking about... <laughs> <laughs> is it really five weeks? Yeah, this is high five fidelity. Oh, no! <laughs> We haven't had a drunk episode in a while. If we're not going to do a drunk episode of that John Cusack High Fidelity, we might as well do it now. Um, Yeah, this is our first drunk episode of season two. Oh, it is. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the party. So for today's episode, we are still talking about High Fidelity, unfortunately for some. Yep. Um, Let's suck it up, dude, because High Fidelity is a bust. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we, we preempted every episode, though. If you don't want to listen to High Fidelity, yeah, we, we come back in like April, bro. Catch us in April. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I. I. Yeah, we're, we're doing this. <laughs> and I've never been. Uh, that's a lie. Because I, I was going to say, I've never been too big on numbers. Uh, well, f- primarily for the podcast, I've always been like, okay, well, we'll put it up and I won't worry about how many people are listening. Uh, I try to do the same thing when I do like my YouTube videos. I'm like, I'm going to put it up. I'm not going to try and like worry about how many views or listens I get or whatever. Um, but as this season progressed, I've always been like, oh, more, more and more people are jumping off of the high fidelity train. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Um, but we're having a good time, especially now that we have, we have a drink in hand. So, uh, enjoy the drunk episode, my friends. Uh, we are talking about high fidelity. Uh, this is the Marie DeSalle episode, but before we do that, we thought, uh, in the vein of high fidelity, we're going to talk more about, um, just top five lists, which is a big thing that they do in the movie. Uh, do you, how many top five lists have we have? I don't already? even know. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, have we done a top five list of top fives yet? Mm, I didn't even understand that phrase, bro. I think we've done one almost every episode. I think we skipped one episode. Yeah, so I think we've done three or four. What's the yeah. top five of the top five? What the fuck is that? Like your t- your favorite top five list to do. Okay. I, that doesn't make sense now that I've said it. No, no, no. <laughs> Because, like, 
And all honestly, like the number one top five that keeps coming back to me was always oh. the top five that you thought who were hottest in the class in undergrad. That was I, a huge. Do you remember people from under? I don't remember anyone <laughs> from. No, anything. I do because I'm still friends with some of them. Okay, but I remember having. Shout them out. <laughs> No, because that was one of the things, like, uh, so at the end of one of my class, like, my first year, at the end of one of my classes, like, that entire semester, everyone was talking about, like, five top, uh, top five lists, whatever, whatever, of, like, who's hot in class. Mm-hmm. Completely problematic. But I remember, like, at the end, and it's pretty funny, because, like, um, the TAs did a parody of class. So at Bindlestiff, where we... Uh, act and write and do all this shit with um we always do parodies of shows Mm -hmm. but uh now that i think of it i remember one of my tas actually being part of bindlestiff so that's probably where it came up but at the final for uh at the final day like the tas all got together and did a top five or no a parody of like what they just what they observed in class and they observed a lot of people talking about top fives and i remember me being named one of them and being scared as fuck. Scared in what regard? Because I was like, "What? I'm hot? What are you talking about? What? Excuse me." But <laughs> See, I, but I was also like, though? I kind of was because I was like coming into my own sexuality, and the person who called me out as a top five was a girl, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> but also, like the other TAs were like, "Yeah, she's pretty hot," and I was like, "That is," and it's also really creepy. I didn't yeah. know how to what to do with that. Yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> and I wonder if she remembers, because I still talk to that TA every now and then. But <laughs> it was just a weird thing of just, like, them saying who's the hottest in class, but they were TAs. And I felt very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of the things, like, who is your top five? And and I just remember, like, what is this top five bullshit that we have to name? And why am I at every party always have to, having to name a top five? And I was just like, I don't know any of you bitches. There's literally 60 of us in class. <laughs> this is remarkable. I don't so, know how I would react to being placed in a top five list, uh, good or bad. Spe- specifically, uh, uh, top five hot ones. <laughs> well, it was, it was also like... Um, it was like a kind of hesitant hot, top five because I was like, you know who else I think is like sort of maybe kind of Grace, and I was like, oh, but I think it's only because of my poetry because my um, and again, this was a creative writing class, like a creative literature class, so my mm. poetry was very explicit because I was mm. like f- going against very much the stereotype of what a, a Asian woman does. And so okay. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm going to talk about sex. Let me talk yeah. about that then. That is going to be my creative writing thing. And I think that's why they thought I was hot was because my poetry was hot. And I mm. was like, yo, my poetry is hot. I am not. <laughs> but I, yeah. I don't know. Weird. I still think that's like, that's a very like awesome compliment. You know, just like <laughs> whether it's your work or just like your work is so good that they're like hot, you know? <laughs> like I've told you, I think I've told uh, the story, I think on this episode where I wrote a girl a letter at the point, and the letter was so um, reactive that she it made her like reveal her feelings not for me but for her ex. 
<laughs> you know, like I told that story, right? Yeah. Oh it's God, not like it's like well done on your work. Um, so I would be very pleased if I got the appropriate reaction for something I did. Oh my god. <laughs> but okay, okay, I do remember that. I yeah. Do that. So so well done. Um, yeah, but I think it was more so for my poetry because I was not. I, no, not me. But that's the only top five list in terms of top five lists that I remember. Yeah. I feel like this is like the Moneyball episode all of a sudden. And I was like, this is our analytics where we talk about top fives. I talked about like the numbers dropping for our listens for the season. This is our analytics Moneyball episode, Grace. Oh, no. I, would, I wish I didn't eat all of the corn nuts that I was just fucking aggressively eating because I would just fucking, yeah, we I would need, brag we stuff our faces. We need to stuff our faces with food and then spit it out and then answer the phone call. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> slam. Go. Speakerphone. Hey, it's fine if we drop from 10, 10 listeners to three listeners. We know who our people are. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't matter if I listened to our episode three times last week because I thought it was funny. <laughs> you know, last week's episode, I I was expecting something different. And then when I listened to it, I was like, oh, it's not that bad. Okay. So to be fair, um, <laughs> to, to clarify, we're talking about uh high fidelity three right now we're talking about the latest episode that uploaded not oh, what yeah, you yeah. guys le- heard we're yeah. talking about the charlie episode yeah oh shit um, what's after charlie it's the forgotten x episode where you oh. <laughs> so we're oh, talking yeah, about okay charlie. yeah 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 we're yeah. talking about charlie charlie was not a bad episode that was um, fun Mutual. At the one hour mark, where we just started talking about uh, committing revenge. heist, yeah. revenge. Yeah. I was, I have no idea how many times I just put that on and just <laughs> fucking played it. If you hear me eating, it's a chocolate covered pretzel. Nice. Uh, uh, I ate all of my snacks. Oh so no! I'm just drinking. You need to get more. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, top five lists. We've done favorite comic book heroes. We've okay. done favorite. What was the other fucking one we did? <laughs> <laughs> I came with like a fucking full head of steam on that. And I, I like, don't goddamn remember it. Let me look at my notes. If I did. Top five, I haven't top five been taking notes here. because we've been doing just high fidelity shit. So I was like, I don't need to take notes. Um, I I used to, but re- I realized today I was going to take notes, but then all the only thing I had around my desk was just like post-its. So now I have like a series of post-its and none of this <laughs> makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, it's like a conspiracy world in all of those movies. Oh, no. Dude, but, the um, only notes that I have around a top five is comic book characters. I got nothing else. I don't know what the fuck we talked about. I've pr- Yeah, so listeners, drop it in the comments below. Remind us <laughs> gently what the fuck we did before. But um, we're going to do more top five lists today. Um, Top five movies. Top five all-time movies. Okay, all time is a little bit hard that I started thinking about it. Because, like, when you said, oh, let's do all time, I was like, sure, I got my top five off the top of my head. I'm good. You're so confident, too. You're like, I got this. And I was like, really? And you're like, yeah, I'm done. And I was like, really? And then when I started writing them down, I was like, I only got three. And I was like, shit, what are my other two? And then they were so obvious, I felt stupid. I'm ready for your top five now. (laughs) You do it? Yeah, I'm ready. Um... Uh, please, when you tell your top five, tell me the top three that you instantly remembered, and then be like, okay, and then these are the last two that I forgot. Yeah, the two that are so obvious that I'm stupid. Yeah. yeah. So the top five, 
in no particular order, but these are the three that came immediately to my mind, is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Okay. Garden State. Ooh, I haven't fucking thought about that movie in so Fucking long. good movie. It's such a good movie. Um, Away We Go. What's that one? It's with John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah, where they're looking for a place to move, You know, uh, when move, she's pregnant right? and she's trying yeah. to, like, that is my, like, that is my, that is my movie whenever I feel, like, the itch to, like, no longer live in San Francisco. I was like, let me just go to all these different places and try it out. Okay. Um, yeah, so those were the three that instantly came to mind, and then I was like, I don't know about the other two. Oh my god, what the fuck? And then immediately in my head, I was like, it's High Fidelity and The Crow. Like, how am I that stupid? Those are the two obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> I heard the three, and I was like, there's not one Q-Stack movie, and she hasn't talked to The Crow yet. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, dumbass, like, The Crow and High Fidelity. Those are my top five, right? Um, and then, well, like, uh, honorable mention, Jitham Buddy. The New York version. No. <laughs> the Paris version that is in a different language. Because um, the, the New York version Paris. sucked. But the so American bad. version has Anakin Skywalker. I don't care. <laughs> I do Sorry, not. Hated. I hated the one with um, Brandon Cooper and that other woman where they're like, like these weird angles and like not even together in the same shot. I was like, I don't care for this movie. Was it from the director of Thor? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Jetempari was perfect. Yeah. And Mar- uh, Margot? I forgot her name, but like, one of my favorite ones in that like, vignette of of shorts that they had about Paris mm-hmm. was um, the woman who went, who had like elementary uh french skills and mm-hmm. she was like the typical like midwestern tourist going to paris for the first time and she's like walking around in that typical stereotypical outfit with like the fanny pack around her pay, uh around her waist and stuff and then she like sits down and like is eating like a croissant with something and she looks at the city of paris and then her like I don't I don't remember if her French becomes flawless or like the way that she phrases is flawless, but there's something that changes when she just sits down and looks at Paris. And that is my favorite skit out of that mm. whole movie. And I was like, God, I need to watch this movie again. Yeah. Like Jetem Betty is like it's beautiful and you know, not that I'm ever gonna visit France because like France is like whatever the fuck. But like <laughs> that movie. Well, damn. Sorry, French listeners. <laughs> no, but it's true, right? Like there are so many other places that I'd want to visit other than Paris, right? Like, sure, I'm gonna go to France, but not really like spend. It's not high on the, the the list. Yeah. Yeah. But I just remember sitting down and I'd be like, "Dude, that's gonna be me if I ever go to Paris. I'm gonna be that bitch with like the." you know, first year elementary French skills. Yeah. And then I'm going to sit down and just be completely blown that I'm like in Paris, in France, you know, like, I feel like that she's going to be me when I'm like in my fifties and just need to find myself again, (laughs) 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 which is literally in 10 years. It's a, it's a thing. Every (laughs) every few years people need to find themselves. Dude, I've Um, been finding myself. I still haven't found myself. (laughs) I find myself and lose myself just 
so often it's it's a uh, remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> what are your top five, bro? Um, before we get to my top five, I wanted to talk about your top five. Why uh, you you mentioned Away We Go? Yes, and uh, that's a movie that I love because Krasinski. <sighs> Uh, and uh, Maya Rudolph is great. They're both great in it, and also it's a subject matter that I always thought is very interesting. Um, we were talking about it like un like unconnected earlier yeah. of just like if we had to leave the city in which we dwelt currently of San Francisco, yeah. where would we go? You know. Yeah. Um. So we kind of created a list earlier, an unofficial top oh. five list without kind of realizing we did yeah but where would you go grace if you had to leave san francisco where are your top five places to go well about four years ago i was actively looking about uh living in new york uh-huh. especially queens or like jackson heights just because that that's where my friend lives and so i have mm-hmm. an in there but also like i wanted to live where there was a lot of diversity mm-hmm. right it's and I, like- I heard you really like that uh, i love new york movie right Shut up. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. <laughs> but whatever. I was like, if they come out with a love I love San Francisco, then maybe I'll be on top of that. But right. God, the New York one is so bad. But yeah, so I was actively looking at New York. I was applying for a lot of jobs in New York, which was very, very interesting for me because I was like, fuck, I just want to leave. Like yeah. I was kind of tired of San Francisco. And also I never like really saw myself here uh-huh. i mean i see myself sort of here but not really like i i kind of see myself leaving within the next five years just because like san francisco is so goddamn expensive yeah. and then i was like hey how about i go to new york <laughs> <laughs> which i'm like ah yeah that's like the most like San Francisco and New York are like competing to be the most expensive ass places yeah, in America. Like they're right? actively competing against each other. Like it'll be one month New York, one month San Francisco. But I think New York, just because my friend Jen lives out there, shout out to Jen because I love her so much. But I was like, dude, I like Jen's New York. Like the New York that she showed me, I was very happy with, right? And she lived in Queens and she lives in Jackson Heights now. And like when the pandemic's over and everything's safe and I can kind of, you know, get my vaccine and go visit her. Like she lives in Jackson Heights and I am really excited about that. Um, So like New York, um, another place I was looking at was Portland. But then when I visited Portland, nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm like, was there I'm one good. thing that we were like, nah to Portland? Um, everyone says the food. I was not impressed with the food, especially the Asian food, because mm. I was like, okay, like I know Portland is trying to do like all of these things and keep Portland weird and like you know Portland became the new San Francisco. Like the anti San Francisco slash California hate in Portland is very, very strong. And I understand that because everyone like migrated to Portland because it was cheaper and also it was weird. But also but- I'm just like Yo, I'm tired of like white people commodis- commoditizing like Asian food. Yeah. Like that was one of the things that I was kind of pissed off about. I was like, oh, try this Asian place that is created by a white man who came to Asia and found himself eat, pray, loving, whatever. And I'm like, cool, that's good for you. But also, like, not authentic. <laughs> I mean, it's authentic to a point, right? Like, yeah. it's whatever he thinks authentic, whatever food is. Yeah, but yeah, it's because I'm also like, dude, I live literally 10 minutes from like true authentic Asian food. Yeah. 
Right. Because it wasn't like a few years ago, like Andrew Zimmern, the fucking Bizarre Foods guy, he got uh-huh. in trouble for saying like he wanted to save the Midwest from like shithole fucking terrible Chinese restaurants in the Midwest. He said some shit like that and like shit like I always see like Bobby Flay doing like the Iron Chef show. Dude, where he, Bobby where Flay he annoys the fuck out of me. I hate that dude so much. He annoys where he just the challenges because he comes in. Who, yeah, who, who've been doing this for so long, their whole life. But he was like, "Fuck it, I'll do that. I don't know what that is, but I know the elements of it. I could do it better." Yeah, <laughs> Bobby Flay annoys the fuck out of me, and my partner Barack is just like, "No, dude, like Bobby Flay, like he makes me watch Bobby Flay, like beat Bobby Flay all the time, like on purpose though, or on just purpose, because?" And I. Bobby Flay so much because this motherfucker's like I'm gonna come into your house and make your food better because I think I know how to make food better and I just remember this one specific episode where Bobby Flay puts like soy sauce in some type of Thai food and I'm like bro like no and he's like well I know Asian Asian tastes and Asian yeah. Asian people like their type their their soy sauce and then like yeah. when people were eating it they're like oh there's soy sauce this is not Thai this and is I was not like, right I was like fuck this guy to yeah. think that you can come into my house and cook my food better than me fuck yeah. you I hate him so much <laughs> that reminds me of this one clip where um fucking what's Gordon Ramsay he was making pad thai like look it up on oh, YouTube yeah you know, where he's just like. <laughs> He's making pad thai, and then like, this chef is just like, can you try my pad thai? And Gordon Ramsay's like, what do you think? And then the, the chef was just like, quiet. He's like, what do you want me to sh- say? He's just like shaking his head. It's one of my favorite clips. Um, I, I, okay, so I've 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 lightened up to, court, to Gordon Ramsay because like at the same time, he's like very respectful, but he's yeah. also a dick to people who doesn't know the certain things. So yeah. I was like, dude, you're pretty cool. I've I've gotten to love Gordon Ramsay a little bit a little bit more. Yeah, I remember when Slightly. I came over like to your guys's house, um, and then I think we watched uh, Real Steel, and then afterwards we watched like <laughs> three hours of like Kitchen Nightmares. I was like, this is, and we just had pizza. I was like, this is the perfect day. <laughs> Well, Kitchen Nightmares, like, at least he knows to go in there and be like, dude, this is nowhere near authentic. Yeah. Why the fuck are you saying this? Yeah, why authentic? are you making pizza that is, like, the size? Even, like, like, this is flatbread, bro. Shut the yeah. fuck up. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It, it, it always, uh, going back to Away We Go, it always just, it's such a fun thing for me to think of, like, if I were to leave this city. Because it seems like, like, we've, like, when we were talking about it earlier, it's just like that love for San Francisco. And yeah. there are points where you're like this, like, because from the time you've lived here, you, you, you said you've loved San Francisco. You, you've loved the Bay area. And like you, you felt that it was your city, right? Yeah. I um, mean, if, if for the longest time it, it didn't. And then I did mm. like this thing where I like rediscovered San Francisco and discovered it for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus like rediscovering it with someone else or discovering it with someone else. Like, cause there was a part of like cities that were very associated with someone else or something else or some other thing that was other than me. And so when I went into the city and started exploring it by myself, I was like, Oh, like 
this is my city. Like I've mm-hmm. lived here longer than than places that I've you know in my hometown, and so I'm like this this I can claim this city now. I'm not necessary. I'm not necessarily local, mm-hmm. but I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else. Yeah, and so. Like and and I f- I feel certain types of way because I mean I love San Francisco but I know I can't live here mm-hmm. very much longer just because of the way that it is, right? And so mm-hmm. you know San Francisco will always have my heart, but I know that I'm gonna I feel like I'm gonna be somewhere else in yeah. maybe like five five seven years, you know? Yeah, and I think you feel like that. Too. Like a lot, I think I feel like a lot of people in San Francisco are feeling that because San Francisco pushes out its people because mm-hmm. it well, doesn't yeah. under, it doesn't understand current San Francisco pushes people out. I don't know yeah. what it was before, how things no, were, I... but from like the things we've experienced, it seems like the San Francisco of 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 now is just like enjoy your time. Things are going to change with a new software update for the city. <laughs> well, I def- I definitely feel like. You know, people who have lived here for the longest, they've, and we've seen that in the last like five, seven years, right? Like people who have lived in San Francisco have to be pushed out to like Oakland or like East Bay or Richmond, right? Like they keep getting further and further. And like, like now, especially now during the pandemic, there's this exodus or whatever it's called to like Mm -hmm. different states. Like the people who came here for tech, whatever are realizing like, oh, if I'm remote now, then I don't got to live here. Let me go yeah. back home. Right. And they're all coming from wherever the fuck they came from. So, yeah, I remember a few, I think it was like two years ago where it was like the peak of like all the tech people coming into the city. Oh, God, um, yeah. I was in, I was on Muni and then one of the tech bros was talking to another one and he was just like, Hey man, where are you from? And then he was just like, oh, I'm from wherever the fuck that guy came from. And then the other guy was just like, oh, you know so much about the city. I thought you were from here. And then the other dude was like, huh, kind of kind of like very, very shitty. He's just like, huh, nah, man, no one's from San Francisco. And I was just like, what the fuck? You know, so it's just that weird thing. You're like, okay. Well, they... Yeah, because like that's you know. the asshole, the assholey, douchebaggy tech, yeah, like tech type of like it, person. But like at they're its not, worst. yeah, yeah, like they're not understanding like people from the sense that have been there for generations. People in mm-hmm. Chinatown, you know, people in fucking the Soma have been there forever, right? Yeah. And it's just like, oh, just because you decided to move into Diamond Heights or whatever the fuck, like shut yeah. the fuck up, right? Yeah. And like you know, coming in as a transplant, you know. In 2000, whatever, like, I feel like that, that too, like, I am not yet a local or I hate the word native because that is not what I am or like anybody is right. But there are people who have grown up here, who have spent their time here, who have raised families here. And like, for someone to say no one is from San Francisco, fuck you. Yeah. Because I have worked with so many people who are from San Francisco, whose generations back, who have fought their way to you know, live here amongst you people coming in with your goddamn scooters. Not to like, you know, shame anybody who does that. Not to shame or 
paint a picture of anyone in their uh, fucking hourly rent-a-scooters and their Patagonia sweater vests yeah, and but their it's clean like... bags and then their retractable badges. <laughs> That's totally it's, fine. Yeah, it's the people who... It's just who... the asshole who's just like, no one is from San Francisco. Yeah. And it's the people who don't quite understand the culture. Like, if you aren't for the community, you aren't for the community. Like, you are mm-hmm. here to get your paycheck and then move to Oakland eventually, right? Because that's the new place to move to. Yeah. But it's like, dude, like, I came up here in, like, the early 2000s, and I was very much about the city, and I've always been about the city. Like, I've always wanted to live in San Francisco because, like, you know, because of certain things, um, especially in my private life where I was like, San Francisco is a place for me because fuck L.A. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. is not for me. San Francisco is for me. That aligns with like my mode of living a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like I'm coming in knowing that I'm not part of the the community just yet. And I got to earn my stripes. And the people who come in thinking that just because they work at Twitch, you know, wherever or wherever like they they can stake a claim in San Francisco and I'm like mm. <laughs> you know Bay Area is Bay Area but if you're coming in f- completely different I don't know like you can't come in here and claim all this shit just because you work for a yeah just be very dismissive of everyone else's experience <laughs> just because it doesn't line up with yeah. you yeah and again no shame to that if that is you but it's also like you got to know the history of san francisco and especially if you're a person of color you got to know the history of san francisco if you're a person of color because there is there's a lot of like things that hurt us in san francisco and that right you know raises up and i think we need to know what those things are and again like you know san francisco is a place that i've always felt more aligned to if I was going to live in, in California. Mm -hmm. Right. And so coming in as a transplant when I was 20 years, you know, 20 something years old, like this was my place. Yeah. You know, and, and, and knowing now that I lived here more than I've lived in my hometown, like I still know I'm, I'm an outsider, but I still know, like I know places more than I know other places. So yeah, because at this point, like, I think for me, it's always have been like a question of like, where is home for me? Yeah, you know, like, I've I felt like San Francisco was my home because that's where I stayed. That's where like I felt comfortable. That's where you grew up too. That's where I grew up. Like, I've been right? I spent most of my life in San Francisco, yeah. Daly City Bay Area. You know, yeah, uh, I like I've moved around, but it's still pretty contained in this area. Um, but it never really, like, it always felt like there was, like, kind of, I, 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 I was still searching for home, you know. So, yeah. for you, I think it's more of a home for you. So much so that, like, I remember as a kid, when I was, like, well, I was, a, like, a teenager when I was going through some stuff in my life. And then I asked my dad where we were trying to figure out where we were going to go, how things were going to, um, uh, kind of where we were going mm-hmm. from everything. And I asked him, I was like, I, I don't know where home is. Because I remember at the time, like, there was, like, legit talk of, like, uh, maybe uh, him or us going to Philippines so I could, like, go college over there because it would be cheaper. Mm. And I always thought that would feel like home because, like, I didn't feel home at home here. 
So I thought, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I would feel at home there. And then after he passed away, I lived there for two years and it still didn't feel like home. Mm-hmm. But at the time when I talked to him about it, he was just like, um, he's like, don't worry so much about like where your home is going to be. So he's, he, I remember very distinctly, he told me, he was just like, just go where, like, he's just, it's just like, it's just a, like a feeling, you know, it's kind of like what fucking, um, he just told me, he's just like, for now, just don't worry about anything else. Just like your home is like with me. So he's like, wherever we're together, mm-hmm. doesn't matter where we are, we're, mm-hmm. we're home. So that, I remember that like, he told me, that's why I got really fucking choked up where fucking Odin told Thor and Loki, where he's just mm-hmm. like, Thor is into place. It's a home. That, yeah. That's why that really resonated with me. Um, so when, after he passed away, it was always this like constant search of that feeling again of just like, where the, where the fuck, where's home for me? You know, it's yeah. like, for, for a long time, it was like that lightning rod was my dad. And then I don't have that anymore. So it, it became uh, finding where I belong. And it's it's such an interesting thing because I was like, it hasn't been San Francisco because people, you you talk to people, you you watch travel shows or you talk to enough people, you like you go to their city and like show me your version of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone has a different place. And when people come in, I always feel like the worst travel guide or whatever <laughs> because I'm like, I could show you my favorite targets that I go toy hunting at. I could show oh you my God. favorite pizza places, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it's probably the least interesting version of San Francisco, but it, 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 it's again, it goes to like that thing of what Loki and my dad, not Loki, but like Odin and my dad said, where it's just like home is a place, mm-hmm. you know? So if I could just fucking like, like a fucking Wanda Maximoff, just take a, like all of the people that I love, put them in a bubble. You can yeah. move us anywhere, but like wherever you go with my bubble of loved ones, yeah, I'm good. You know? Well, I think for us, like we always kind of consider Bindlestiff our home. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I've lived in the sunset the longest that I've been in the Bay Area and the, the sunset holds a very special place in my heart. And if I can afford to move back there, like in a fucking second i would like i love the sunset so much but it's also like dude six street bindle stiff like those places are home to me too and people are home to me and so like when we think when you were saying like your dad is home to you like for the longest time that was that was my thing too so when my dad passed i was like i have no i no longer have a home yeah right because like when they moved to my and again my parents moved to like washington in 2016 in 2016 is when i started really having this essex existential crisis of like where is home because my parents moved out of my hometown i didn't have any ties back to my hometown um they moved to this new place in washington i didn't have any ties to washington um i was actively trying to get out of the barrier and go live in new york where my friend was and i was also like going to hawaii to like for two weeks out of the year to be like hey is this the place i'm supposed to be again like you know, coming back to a where we away we go, like the whole movie is them trying to figure out where home is and then realizing right. it's like this woman's place or this where this woman grew up, where Maya grew where Maya Rudolph grew up is where she wants to raise her family. Yeah. Right. And her husband immediately was like, dude, this was it all along. We didn't have to move or we didn't have to go visit all these different places. Right. And I think that's the thing for me is like, where is it all along? Is it, is it the sunset for me? Is it Hawaii? Cause I've gone to Hawaii almost every year until the pandemic. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, is it New York where my friend Jen is at? Or is it Seattle where like, I have no ties to like, 
you know, where, where is home for me? And, and, and very much like I realized like home is within myself, like home is wherever the fuck I want it to be. Because like, yes, I love the Bay Area, but it breaks my heart sometimes. Yes, I love yeah. Hawaii, but Hawaii is so far from everywhere. And it's, even though they say it's America, it's not America. Yeah. Um, You know, home is New York for me because like, I fucking love New York, but also like New York scares the fuck out of me. Right. So it's all these places and just realizing like home is where I am at. Right. Mm -hmm. Home is what is that saying? Home is where the heart is or whatever the fuck it is. But like my heart belongs to all these different places. And so like the thing about a way we go that I absolutely love is like they have to go to all these places to discover like home is within themselves the entire time. Yeah. You know, and like for me, like home was you know, the Central Valley where I grew up, where my family was. But then when my family moved away with it, it stopped being home. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, have, I haven't I have been back. And I have no desire to go back. Right? So then where does home become where my family is? And, like, the more that I think about it, like, home is wherever the fuck I want it to be. Because, like, the family is me. Yeah. Right. And like we talked about this before is like if we can't settle in San Francisco, where the fuck are we going to go? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm willing to go all over the world. Yeah. Right. And I think that's that's the brilliance of this movie is they go to all these different places and then realize like home is like this random ass place in the middle. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that's why I love a way we go so much because they travel all over the world. Or not all the world, but like all over like certain parts of North America, including Canada. And then they just realize like, yo, we have this property. Mm-hmm. We have this place that hasn't been used in like over 20 years. Like this is home. This is, this is it. Right. And I think as a, as young or youngish adults, like we're always trying to find where home is. Right. Like home is either where our parents grew up or settled in america right um or home is where we you know establish some type of like coming of age like for me like you know my coming of age came in san francisco my upbringing came in central valley my like when i realized like there's shit bigger than me happened in china right like things just work out that way so I don't know, man. It's whatever it is. And I think, I think Away We Go is one of those movies for me. So, yeah, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like Away We Go always kind of became one of those things for me where it's like, Away we go is, you know, these 20-something, 30-somethings who are about to have a family that they didn't necessarily plan for, but definitely want. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this thing of, like, where do they want to raise this family? And it wasn't in the wilderness, wherever the fuck they were, in a trailer. Like, they wanted, like, a proper home. And I think sometimes, like, we kind of think of that as, like, where do we want home to be? And it's yeah. wherever the fuck we want decided to be, right? Yeah, it's wherever we have our loved ones, we have a sense of peace. And for me, it's wherever I can build my tomb of fucking toys and. 
Yeah, because you were. I was saying, dude, let's go live in Hawaii. And we're like Hawaii has expensive ass toys, and then immediately I was like, maybe not Hawaii. <laughs> 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 Seattle. So, These uh, are the things like <laughs> I think about. Other people are like, where am I safe? Where are there good schools? For me, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, so Hawaii is out. I was like, I looked it up already. I was like, the import <laughs> prices of fucking toys and collectibles are rude, ridiculous dude. out there. Okay. I was like, as no. <laughs> you act as if we're not going to fly back to like any type of East Coast anytime soon. That's true. Yeah, but still, Conve- like yeah, I don't yeah, leave yeah. my house, Grace. I don't want it to be a hassle to like get my treasures. <laughs> that is my home, where I get to stay there in my tomb and just have things arrive to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, so. same as me, dude. Like everything's going to be buried with me. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I've I've often joked about it. People are like, you, you like, it's always that thing where people who don't understand collectors like, what do you do with that? You can't you can't bring that to the next life. I was like, no, I can't. But I can get buried with it like a pharaoh. So go fuck yourself, <laughs> dude. If this shit isn't being passed on to whoever I want it to be passed on, it's getting burned with me. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> um, it can be out there on the like mountain shelf that I'm gonna be like posted on. It's good. Like it's this good. shit is my shit. It's fine. This is my treasure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just because <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I want my vinyl collection to be playing the entire time. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. <laughs> I'm gonna hire a butler just to fucking flip to side B when it's ready. <laughs> Okay, um, so what's your top five? You haven't talked about it yet. I just realized I was like, "Fuck, forty minutes." Of- <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, look at me go!" <laughs> you get to skirt about that shit, man. Do you talk about right. movies? Top five. Mine is gonna be less impactful and more fandom filled. Uh, I've, I've I've mentioned a variation of this list uh, on the channel or on the channel, fuck, my, my YouTube channel and on this podcast several times. But no. it is Batman 89, Superman, Ooh. the original movie with Christopher okay. Reeve, oh, uh, the you. 1990 Ninja Turtles movie, Absolutely. Uh, In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai, and I then Empire ha- Strikes Back. I still haven't seen that. In- uh, it's on I know, HBO I know, Max. I know. And like, Ed is all about it, and I know that the soundtrack came out. You bought the soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack. It dropped I- this month. I that shit sold out so quick. I was like, get on it, and then I looked at it like 30 minutes later, and it was completely gone. I was like, you know what? It's okay. I set an alarm to wake up at like 9 (laughs) a.m., which is like ungodly for me in my uh, COVID schedule. But I I woke up (laughs) and I'm just like, all right, let's spend money that I don't have. Yeah, I love this movie. Because John texted me and was like, hey, you going to get it? And I was like, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I'm kind of low on money right now, blah, blah, blah. And then I checked and it was immediately sold out. And I was like, yeah. fuck my life, dude. Meanwhile, I thought the Say Anything soundtrack was going to sell out because they were putting a lot uh, into that. And people were saying that it's probably going to sell out. But In it's the Mood for there. Love sold out. Yeah, it's still there. Yeah. In, but in I the don't Mood know, for they Love might... sold out in like 15 minutes. Like it wasn't that. Yeah, it, it, was, wasn't... yeah. it was. It was day really of. Quick. Um, they had an art print as well, yeah, that's and that sold out within like five minutes because yeah, I was like, minute. "I'm gonna try," and I was like, "Oh, it can't even try; it's gone." Yeah. So, so. like when John when John gets in, I'm I'm gonna make him put it on so I can hear it. I'm going to eventually watch it because everyone yeah. around me is just like, "You need to watch this movie," mm-hmm. and like one of our friends Ed is all about 
you know, this aesthetic. And so he's just like, I like immediately when that first came out, I was like, I'm going to buy this for him. Yeah. Um, And then like it sold out and I was like, shit. <laughs> but I think, you know, everyone, and especially John, is just like, you need to watch this shit, Grace. And I was like, okay, I'll watch it eventually. I just, you know, I don't. It and see, I'm not minutes. one. I'm not one to like convince or pressure people to watch anything because people do that to me, and I it makes me not want to watch things even more. Yeah, like I have cousins who are like, "You should watch Anchorman. You love that kind of sense <laughs> of humor." And I'm like, "Nah, I'm good." And that was like 12 years ago. And How just out dare of you like not spite and pettiness, I'm happened. just like, I don't know. And they make reference to it, references to it, and I laugh. And I'm like, ha. And like, so you have seen it because you're laughing at the reference. I'm like, no, that, that just sounds really funny. And I look them right into their eyes and I'm like, I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> well, you wanted to move to San Diego until recently. Like, I'm surprised you haven't watched Anchorman, but it's okay. I understand. I wanted to move to San Diego because of san diego comic-con i still don't know why people say it's because of anchorman because i haven't seen anchorman so i can't move to san diego because of anchor a film i haven't seen yeah i think it's okay if you don't watch anchorman it's okay i, so, I support you in that see, and that's what people try and do they try and offset the like the peer pressure by being like you know what watch it at your own pace or you don't have to watch it thinking no, I, i'd be like okay i want to watch it now no, I, still I, don't. I support you because I was very anti Harry Potter for the very longest, longest time, even though I am about that world. And uh -huh. when I decided to pick up the books, I was just like, okay, I get it now. Even though I don't support it now because of what's her face and her anti whatever the fuck. Like, I, you know. Her anti everything, it seems. She can go just live under a rock for all I care. But, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, like, people it's are trying to get me to watch Lord of the Rings. I still haven't. <laughs> Honestly, it's okay if you don't. We were surprised that you didn't, but it's okay if you don't. I will support you however. however I don't think surprised was the proper word. It's <laughs> it, it, it was more like unbridled anger and aggression. It was just like... <laughs> it was, it was too morning when we figured this out. I was a little bit tipsy. There were yeah, other we things had, going on, and you said you've never watched it. And there I was, was a lot of emotions I that day. Some people had... Too much Caprisons. I um, looked at you, and I, you know what? I, I'm like, if you are not of Lord of the Rings, it is okay. There are people who have never watched Star Wars, and I will still love them the way they are. But really, you like, could love someone who hasn't fucking watched Star Wars. And <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, you know. It's fine. But it's fine. Doesn't mean you're lovable, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, John, like, I will support you however. If you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, it's okay. If you haven't seen Anchorman, it's okay. It is okay. okay. I will still support you in everything that you do. It's just right. every now and then, if you come over, it may be on. You know? <laughs> just like cats may be on. It's just something to lure you in, and if it is not your jam, it is not your jam. I understand. I'm not going like to force anybody steel. to do shit. Okay? <laughs> and I respect that. It's like Real Steel. A little bit. Yeah, we're, Marcus was like, yes, yeah, you watch Real Steel. And I'm like, no. And finally I came over and he was like, I'm putting Real Steel on. Also, I, I ordered a pizza. I'm like, god damn it, now I gotta stay. It was a glorious movie. And I'm like, god so damn good. it, why did I rail against this for so long? Yeah, I was like, Hugh Jackman is a treasure. But it's fine. Like, those things, we're going to support you forever you need your support. So, like, it's fine. There are some movies that you have 
that I have not seen that are on your list. There are movies that aren't are on my list that you have not seen or don't support, and it's fine. It's fine, John. <laughs> we are friends till the end, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen the the nine hour cut of Lord of the Rings, I won't hold that against you. <laughs> It's fine. This is fine. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, some things you just aren't into, and it's fine. Uh, so, so Grace, <laughs> before we start talking about um, our our, our uh, high fidelity was in your top five, right? Absolutely, it was number five. So it was the the last two was the Crow and High Fidelity. Yeah, those were the obvious ones where I sat there for the longest time and I was like, "Oh, of course, these two fucking movies. Like, these are my movies that I literally have like tattooed on my body. Like, yes." Oh, you got a High Fidelity tattoo? Okay, the Crow, but <laughs> not High Fidelity, <laughs> not yet. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I feel like High Fidelity would be tattooed on me sometime because it's like. It's high fidelity. Like there. If you just put like a musical note or like a little record on, well, you, I feel, you yeah, like, I feel like fidelity. a record's gonna be on there. But there's so there's so much music from High Fidelity that I found through High Fidelity, like yeah. when he was like, "Oh, the three LPs," and then immediately like me and my friend who worked at like a round table were like, "Hey, let's go find this," and yeah. then we found it, and then we played it, and we're like, "Oh my god, it's the best fucking album ever." But yeah, yeah. like High Fidelity is somewhere on there. I, def- I definitely think, like, one of... Something about Laura is going to be tattooed on my body. Especially, like, the, the thing that... And I shouldn't talk about this because we're talking about Laura eventually. But, like, when he talks about his five his five reasons of Laura... Yeah. Like, I feel like that's going to be somewhere on me in one way or another. Yeah, that's a very sweet list that he... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Curates. But we aren't talking about Laura, so... We're not. We're not talking... We're... We're still talking about our random top fives because <laughs> it is it is as of recording uh, the most recent holiday for us was Valentine's Day. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Did you have? have was that? I said I just had. Oh, so you have about that? I was like, oh, well, I she's like gonna be like three weeks. It's gonna be. Oh, they're like three about old shit. Oh, yeah, it's old. Um. <laughs> so happy Valentine's Day for people who celebrate Happy Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um. But. For for you, Grace, do you have any Valentine's Day movies or uh, traditions or anything that you do okay, for yourself? Okay, so I didn't know that there were Valentine's Day movies. Like, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't, or like, even... I think there's, like, two. It's, like, the Valentine's Day movie starring, like, every Hollywood actor. With it. Like, <laughs> they, they make those Hollywood, like, those Hollywood holiday movies, like, fucking yeah. New Year's Eve, the yeah, Christmas I movie. I do remember Valentine's Day with, like... It was like Ben Affleck is that Batman is in that fucking Jennifer Aniston? Is yeah, in Jennifer that. Aniston. Some yeah, like I remember fucking, watching that movie um, and not being too. Th- I think like Taylor Lautner and Taylor Swift. Taylor Lautner is in that. The fucking yeah. the kid from like, Dodgeballs in it. <laughs> like I don't remember that movie too much. I remember watching it and going like, mm, okay. I think for me, like Valentine's has always been like a really weird thing for me because like most of the people i have been when i have been shocked up on valentine's like our anniversaries were really close to valentine's so we never actually celebrated it right Mm -hmm. or we just thought it was like this like hallmark holiday and just didn't need to celebrate it right right um and then like i was single for a couple of years and i was like sell you know valentine's day is gonna be about me like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna make my own rituals about it i'm gonna create you know my own like 
lore about it. I'm going to buy myself flowers and chocolate. And, like, eventually I was just like, man, like, this day kind of, like, I don't need to do all that. It's just another fucking day, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was doing that for the longest time. And, like, you know, and then eventually, like, I became, you know, I had had a partner. And I was like, oh, how do we celebrate? So how how do we celebrate Valentine's Day? And eventually, like, they came out and said, like, ah, I don't really celebrate holidays in general. I was like, okay, cool. And <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. I don't need to celebrate either. It's fine. Like, I, I can do whatever the fuck I need to do. And then this past Valentine's Day, I just watched, like, a very cute couple play a horror game. And that was it. And I was like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. This is fine. (laughs) It's fine. But I also understand, like, you don't need to celebrate holidays for it to be. And, like, Valentine's Day is always a really weird thing because it's like, oh, celebrate your partner. But it's always, like, a very heterosexual, like, the man has to do all these things for women. Mm -hmm. Right? And, like, you know, I'm not going to say, like, I'm above that because I grew up in American society and this shit was ingrained in me, right? But at the same time, I was like, I can create my own rituals. I can create my own things. And I can also celebrate my partner who, you know, is a man. And I I can give these things to him, too. But it's also like, I didn't do that this year. And I think that's why I was, like, so weird. Because I'm like, dude, I should have given you flowers. I should have given you chocolate. I should have given you a card. Yeah. But I didn't do that because we said we weren't celebrating. And I felt a little bit off the entire day. Mm. And it's not to say, like, that we don't care for each other or we don't appreciate each other every goddamn day. Because, you know, one day out of the year, like, they're supposed to exchange gifts. And I'm just like, dude, there's, like, so many other hundreds of days where you can show your love and affection for each other. Why does it have to be in February? Right. Right? And so I still kind of battle with that as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like, you know what? Like, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want on Valentine's Day, and if it needs to be a me day, then it's gonna be a me day. So I feel like next year I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm gonna go hoe in the desert. I'll see you there. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But yeah, because it's always it's always been like a weird thing for me for Valentine's Day too, where like yeah. I like the general idea of Valentine's Day, where like celebrate the person you love, you know, whether it's romantic or otherwise, just celebrate love. You know, yeah. I was like, that's nice, you know, but then yeah. for me, it'd be beca- like, because there's a side of me that not a lot of like my friend, like not a lot of geisha people know in particular is where I get very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> like that hasn't emerged too much yet with my time with you guys. Mm-hmm. So there are times where I get very competitive to mm-hmm. like fucking like nuclear toxic levels. Sometimes. Oh, okay. I'm, like Explain. Not- no, I, I don't have an j- example off the top of my head because I've buried that shit deep. Um, <laughs> but there are times where I'm just like, I get very competitive. Okay. And like I, I've gotten better at it now, but I'm still, for the general sense, pr- a pretty competitive person. Okay. So, And for a while, that's what, like, I haven't celebrated uh, Valentine's Day with like a partner or anyone I was dating several, like many times. But for the times that I have, I feel like... I had to stop because it would be a competition where I'd be like, Oh, you know, where you're just like, I'm celebrating. Like, it's like just to be like, who could do 
like the most romantically seeming thing. Yeah, yeah. So it became more of like the show than wanting to properly express how you felt for someone, which I I got that pretty quick. And I was like, ooh, I don't like this. I'm just doing shit to do, like, you know. Yeah, so I, I, I think the idea of Valentine's Day is become it becomes pageantry, right? Like mm-hmm. it becomes spectacle. Yeah, like what we talked about early on in the show is just like what is a grand romantic gesture yes. of just like yes. it's for everyone else. And I realized it was for everyone else except for the person that I was with. So yeah. I was just like, I gotta like figure out my feelings or how I'm going to go about uh Valentine's Day. Yeah, because uh, as as the way I was celebrating Valentine's Day, I was just like, "This is not good." Where I'm just like, I'm doing things uh, to celebrate the wrong reasons, you know. Ooh, I think so, I like that idea of like, why do we celebrate Valentine's Day? And like how you said, it's all for wrong reasons. Like it, be- and a lot of people have said this that it becomes like a hallmark, mm-hmm. a hallmark, a thousand percent, holiday, versus like the actual reasoning of like you know why valentine's day existed if it did exist yeah. so if the if and when where the fuck saint valentine was a real little uh angel with wings or whatever he was or they were <laughs> he was um, saint, yeah <laughs> you, you know so <laughs> whatever that that little uh hallmark caricature is mm-hmm. uh it's not what they intended for this to be yeah you know so um this year i uh, took it very easy mm-hmm. uh me and mimi just went to uh, the Castro did some stuff, hung, hung out, like took us, took care of some stuff that she had to do for her project. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a bunch of snacks from Daiso and then picked up some sushi and just had a great time eating, <laughs> which yeah. I was like, it's simple and it's fun and it's, it's simple, which is nice, but still doesn't take away from the fact that uh, it's just a day for us. Yeah. See, I kind of, I kind of love that. Like, low-key casualness about it yeah because i think in in my head and not that i've ever really celebrated valentine's before but it was like it it should you know like a lot of people should label or think they should label it as like a grand romantic gesture when like that shit can happen any time of the year and Mm. i think like you know valentine's day the way that it's marketed now it needs to be all these things and yeah like last year I went out to lunch mm-hmm. with you know with Brock and it was it was fine. Like we found spam fries and we had a poke. Dude, bowl. What what spam fries? Yeah, dude. Westlake. Where in Westlake? I'm always at Westlake. There was a sushi place in Westlake. They had spam fries and like really good poke. Poke. And Where? Um, what part of Westlake? It's like right next to Five Guys. There's no five guys at Westlake? Or no shit, not Westlake. Sorry. Um. Oh God, what is it? West. Message me later. West. Okay, message me about this later. (laughs) Everyone who doesn't live in the city is like, the fuck are they talking about? Sorry, sorry, Westboro. We're filled with that. Okay. Yeah. No. Wrong West. There was that like yeah no wrong West, but there was like that place that was like Hawaiian Hawaiian sushi Food. style and they had spam fries and it was the best ever yeah and literally we were just like you know hey <laughs> i was like you want to go to lunch and i was like sure um and and i think it was a fun day you know mm-hmm. and then we watched like a movie afterwards and then i went to go pick up my friend 
after he went home and it was fine. And, you know, See? it's the yeah. fun stuff. It's the little things. That's and also, yeah. if you if you don't celebrate Valentine's Day, you let the guard down. And then by <laughs> February 23rd, you can do something grand and romantic and they're not expecting it. See, yeah. toxic competitive, toxic competitiveness. <laughs> you know what I also think is like, I, I do the opposite. I like Valentine's Day is a very weird thing. But for me, like um white day which is like a a holiday in japan where it's Mm -hmm. like the girls reciprocate towards the boys or whatever Mm -hmm. but it's like um like their version of whatever whatever and it's like march 14th is like pi day and i always kind of looked towards that and so we're gonna bring awareness to this and just really talk about that next know. time yeah. but i i celebrated that more where i was like oh let me be the person to shower my partner with whatever they need at that moment yeah i, I kind of liked that a little bit better where i would i, I would love that i was like <laughs> fucking increase my chances for diabetes let's go <laughs> yeah and so and and also because just i i i kind of like that idea a little bit more than being the person who is like being celebrated i'd rather celebrate other people and so i think that's the thing for me of like dude when that when when i found out about that i was like i'm gonna celebrate that instead yeah yeah so that was my thing but your top your top five sounds pretty what top five <laughs> your top five your top five sounds pretty pretty uh superhero yeah very superhero very uh very uh f- fandomy so i you know like i sh- i feel like that should go in there as well like i know that the crow can be a a type of fandom but i also feel like you know like as much as comics have ruled my life in so many ways like yeah in terms of because, the Marvel, the MCU, like, or even like DC, like, it'll always be Christopher Reeves for me. It'll always be Keaton Batman for me. It'll always be, you know, like yeah. Tony Stark, you know, like Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. always for me. And like Thor Ragnarok. Those are my people. <laughs> it's, really, it's hard. Top fives are hard because, like, you feel good about, like, propping up things you love but there's always something you leave out you know like yeah I, I, there's not one cusack movie on my list which i feel terrible about but i mean um, that's fine like, I, I, there's no star wars movie like i want to talk about empire fine too that we, hurts we could have multiple top fives yeah like, like we were supposed to talk about like our top five like romantic valentine's day or fucking stuff you want to watch on valentine's day yeah we didn't because we, we were running out of time at a feverish rate. Um, but, but, you know. I, I think like, a lot of the movies that we have, like, have some, t- some type of, like, love story. Whether it be romantic, platonic, or, like, in love with something. Then it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, going through my list right now. Batman 89. There's a fucking great fucking relationship of, like, Superman, Lois, and fucking Clark Kent in that movie. <laughs> Turtles. It's, it's that great relationship of... Uh, the turtles and master splinter you know it's that great fatherly paternal relationship same with batman 89 of bruce and alfred in the mood for love that's a lot of longing and fucking a lot of longing and empire wait did i say empire strikes back because that's number five then you should say empire empire strikes back of course that's the fucking the most romantic star wars thing in the world that's when han said uh or leia said she loves han and han said i I know. know 
That is God the damn. best. I fucking love that. Yeah. I want to say that someone once and then not get punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> you could always just say thank you, and that's another thing. But that's not as cool though. That's like very po- like okay. Yeah. I think if you say thank you rather than I know, it's worse because if you say I know, people will be like he's referencing Star Wars. But if like I said thank you to someone, I feel they're like what this rude motherfucker. Right here? <laughs> said thank you like That's i was having good. it giving him a to-go bag oh no you know so i think thank you is much ruder than i know then i know yeah i know i know i know <laughs> i know i know i know i know so um yeah. high fidelity <laughs> we have, getting back to uh, getting back to uh high fidelity Lisa Bonet. oh my god yeah uh what are her thoughts she's not an official <sighs> member of rob's top five list uh but i, I feel like she it. is a very important piece in this story absolutely um, what are your thoughts on her dude like she is just the most confident badass person in the whole movie i feel mm-hmm. like she goes in there confident as hell like already knowing that she's a badass musician already knowing like these like you know, vinyl heads are all kind of like fawning after her. She goes into Rob's shop and is just like, Hey, I hear my music. You're doing pretty good. Let's mm-hmm. fuck. Like, she comes in there with like the confidence of, I don't know what to say in terms of confidence because she just exudes her own confidence. That is fucking Lisa Bonet. Like, how did you, amazing. Did you have a uh, Marie DeSalle during your romantic career thus far? <laughs> Okay, how are we going to define Marie DeSalle? Because okay, so in the movie, she mm-hmm. is the epitome of what everyone wants, right? Like all three of them just are like, I want to date a musician. I want to be a musician. Like she is just the person that they connect to, idolize, whatever, whatever, right? And she just comes out so strong and she's so again like it all comes back to confidence right like she already knows like who she is what she does and she's a badass at it and when her and rob hook up like she is very like vocal about like this shit isn't gonna turn into anything we know what this was this was just sex which is a basic human right Mm mm-hmm Right. And so she's just like, yo, like, what's your girl's name again? Yeah, here's my guy's name. I'm still kind of getting over. I hope the best with you two. You know, like, we're going to go apart our separate ways. And I think that for her to come in as this person who's very sure in her sexuality, is very sure in what she wants, and is very sure in her life, like, I think that, like, kind of turns Rob in a loop. Mm-hmm. right because then he knows that he, there's no attachments to this like union there's nothing that like is gonna make marie de one of his top fives eventually like and and he knows that like it's not gonna turn into anything because he's still not over laura mm-hmm. you know and so like She's only in there for maybe like a ten minutes at most, at, yeah. at most. But it's just like, dude, she boasts like this, this character. And in the book, like it's such a thing because in the book again, it's set in like 
England, I think, and London or whatever. And the whole thing is about, like, how to shag an American, right? And for her to be a musician, it's, like, cherry on the top. But in the movie, it's, like, all about her being a musician. Like, Mm -hmm. they are so in tuned with, with being, like, vinyl heads. They are so in tuned about working at this very, like, niche vinyl shop. They're so in tuned with all these things. And then for Rob to be like, hey, like, this is the dream. Like, if I can't be a musician, I want to be with a musician. And then when he gets the dream at the end, he's just like, cool. The fuck, Laura? You know? Yeah. And I think I think that's one of the it's the funniest part. But it's also she's very much like, yo, did you expect anything else from this? And I think that's like the best. Because everyone affects him in a certain way. And then when he says, like, oh, I was so affected by Laura in this way that I went out and slept with Marie de Saul. And then she was very much like, yo, this is not going to be anything else beyond this. Yeah. Yeah. Have I ever had a Marie de Saul? No. No. Okay. <laughs> and and that kind of goes down to, like, how do we define Marie de Saul? Like, is Marie de Saul the dream and then we come back to the reality, right? And yeah. Like, eh. Like, what is the dream, right? Like, I'm still trying to figure that out. But it's like, no, I never really had that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because... <laughs> um... Because I don't know how to define her at sometimes. You don't, right? Yeah, because and, okay. and we've talked about her multiple times in like different different aspects, and I I don't know how to define her. I okay, so I I have had a Marie Dassault, uh in my uh, romantic career. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say in what regard, but I'm going to present a general outline in which I believe a Marie de Sal uh, uh, helps or mm. is uh, essential for uh, Rob's character and maybe mine. Uh, because for the way I saw Marie de Sal's character in, in the film, uh, because I, I didn't get to read the book, um, it's uh, the way Ro- uh, Rob and Marie's relationship was just like, they hooked up the, the day that Rob found out that Laura was living with Ian, but they haven't slept together, you know? So it was that thing of just like, it's, it's, he, and even Marie talked about it, how sex is a basic human right. And you've mentioned that earlier, but even after he, he sleeps with Marie, he doesn't get hung up on her the way he gets hung up on everyone else. Um, it might be because of the these these several uh, toxic traits that Rob has displayed throughout the film. Okay, but it's it's that thing of just like at this point he knows that she's just that you know she's like that dream she's she's very cool, but it, it's that step in in his life that he, it, it helped him realize that as cool as she is. Uh, as fun as it is to chase the dream, you know, it's like mm. he still wanted Laura, and he was still very fixated on Laura. Because after he he left her apartment, he goes back to his record store, and he's just like, "What does it mean when I have it? If I tell you I haven't seen Evil Dead Two yet, you know?" So <laughs> that thing of uh, the, the last thing he had with Laura was like, "I haven't slept with Ian yet." So it's just that thing of like, 
they were both going through some stuff. Okay. And to a to to a sense, I feel like Rob saw her as um it's okay to be heartbroken. You know, they're both finding their place, especially um yeah, it, it, it they they were both uh, still very stuck and hung up on uh their respective uh people. Mm-hmm. But like Rob just saw how cool and how you know how awesome Marie is, and it helped put him on the path he needed to to be to be better for Laura. Or so are, are we talking about like someone who kind of shows like an emotional and moral support of like yeah you should go after your person even though there may or may not have been romantic inkling in- inklings, or is it this someone like we we were with that made us realize someone else, you know? Yeah, I think it was, uh, again, without specifying whether it's me or Rob, uh, it's, that, <laughs> it's that thing that where, where you realize you're just like, I felt a connection with someone, you know, it's, and I know what I want, and this is going to help me, help guide me to what I want. You oh. know, because like every person on the list like we've mentioned before, is someone who's chosen uh, another person over Rob. Mm-hmm. But as but after he reconnects with these people, mm-hmm. Rob still decides. Well, Rob is just like I'm done with them. I made the right choice. They left me, or I chose someone over them, or whatever it was. And he's okay with it. He gets closure. But throughout the film, he meets with an ex, and then he meets with Laura, mm-hmm. and he still wants Laura. You know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's him really realizing that despite the dream, I still want that person I've had that connection with, you know, even like towards the end where we've had conversations about it, where he starts making that mixtape for that girl. He starts feeling that sinking feeling again of just like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You know, until he's just like, I have Laura and this is what I work for. So like we had different views on it where did he learn his lesson or not towards the end of the film? I think he did. He's starting to feel it, but it's just such a new thing to him that he's just like processing it differently. But I, f- I really feel like this, jer- like he had to go through this journey, uh, reconnect with all of his exes, uh, get with Marie DeSalle to feel, to realize like what's important to him. It's just like, it's, it's that whole journey versus destination thing. Mm. You well, know? I think in terms of like, Oh, here's someone else who's shinier and newer and, you know, is the person that I think that I'm supposed to be with or the person that I've always kind of pined after. Mm-hmm. I think in that terms, maybe, but mm-hmm. honestly, like most of the people that I've been with, like I've known that we weren't, supposed to be together or they've decided that on their own right like there isn't mm-hmm. at least in my romantic life there isn't there isn't a person who's like oh here's this person who i you know whatever relationship i have with them for a brief second made me think like i should get back with my ex like that hasn't happened okay you know but it yeah. definitely made me appreciate like what i want in a relationship okay you know because it's not like it's not like oh i have i've had a certain you know previous laura in my life and like someone else made me realize like oh this is the person i want it's it's more so of like oh this person has made me realize what i what i 
need in my relationship. So if that's how, you know, I define my Marie to solve, then yeah, that person made me realize mm-hmm. like, yeah, yes, this is what I need in my relationship and this is what I look forward to and this is how I'm going to dictate my relationships from now on. Then mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I think Marie DeSalle could be like a variety of different, types of different <laughs> people, you know, because that's how cool Marie DeSalle is. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. I think of Marie DeSalle and it's just a lot like Rob's, like unfortunately, where I, I uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a full relationship. It was just someone I was, was kind of seeing, just kind of hanging out with. Mm-hmm. It was just that thing. I was just like, oh, this is very fun. Mm. Um, we both kind of know what this is. Um, mm. It's uh, this isn't going to be, this isn't sustainable. This is not going to be uh, uh, something that is for serious, mm. but it is, but it is fun. They're very cool. Um, and we're both finding our way right now. And that's all right. Right now we, we were, we just kind of, we're doing this. And when, 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 and when we're not, that's fine too, because um, at the end of it, I, I kind of knew, I was just like, I know what, I wasn't getting from that and I had Mm. like this lack of connection. So I knew uh, from there uh, kind of like that, that, that line from fight club was like, when you don't know what you want, when you end up with a lot of things that you don't need or something, fucking I'm really bad at remembering, (laughs) but it's something along those lines. See, cause I think for me, like I'm a serial monogamist. And so like, like, I don't I don't know how to say it like easy relationships or like things where you know like nothing's gonna come out of it like mm. don't necessarily exist in 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 or like uh, at least I don't remember the, them existing in like my in my romantic past mm. right um but I mean like the the need for Marie de Sol or a Marie de Sol in our lives are definitely something to make us like realize you know like we can pine and we can do all these things and and we can want something but then also realizing like yeah it was fun but right cuz I, I I think that's what John goes through um me or Rob? Or, sorry, Rob. <laughs> John Cusack, yeah. who plays Rob within the movie, kind of realizes is like, you know, like he he gets so angry at the idea that Laura may sleep with someone else that he goes out and immediately sleeps with Marie, right? Yeah. And then in the morning, like you think like it's a moment of regret on him but then she comes out and she's like are you feeling sad about this like why are you feeling sad about this it's a basic human right we can do whatever we want like fuck all the rest and also like you can still love your girl i still love my guy like we can do whatever we want in this moment and it's not going to become anything more than it is and i think that's why i love her character because she's the one who kind of shows him that like you know we can do all these things and it not mean anything and i think Mm -hmm. that's also kind of what he needed to realize like oh this little fling with ian is not going to mean anything in the long run like she's not going to end up with ian yeah you know even if she doesn't end up with him like ian is just a a boat passing in the night you know and i think that's where he was like okay yeah he can be pissed about her sleeping with ian later on but it's just like dude 
like you did all the shit before like calm the fuck down and i think that kind of helped him realize like okay you are your own person beyond me right yeah i agree with that a thousand percent yeah because i think i think that was like one of the first things when i first watched the movie i was like the hypocrisy of this man yeah (laughs) sleeping with this woman and then getting immediately angry that his ex slept with someone else but then also realizing like you know, he knew he did the same thing. He went out with the intent to sleep with a, with someone else, knowing that she was sleeping with, may sleep with this other guy. So it's kind of yes. like this, equal. you know, in his head, he was like, let me, let me make things equal, even mm-hmm. if we're not together. And, yeah. I, you know, and I think Rob, again, like we don't, we've said this several times before, <laughs> of like, Rob is a kind of a jackass. Yeah. And but I don't think it's a jackass in that moment. And I kind of I kind of In which moment where he, he hooks up with Marie DeSalle or yeah. where he's yeah. I didn't think he was a jackass in the moment. I think he was a jackass one in the way that he reacted to Laura, but I think he was just like Oh, like I can't falter for the same shit I've done. Yeah. Right? And I, I, I think that you know, I think that Marie made him realize that. Because we've we've talked about it before we started recording, is the the at this point in the movie we've known nothing but like sad, angry, mopey, <laughs> morose Rob, you know. Yeah. So this is a good break to see more cool kind of like fun Cusack playing Rob. Yeah, you know. So it, it was a good break from that, and it was a good uh, kind of much needed break for for us as the audience and break for the character to not be all about laura for a little bit Mm -hmm. but still kind of be about laura but it was just a nice little break uh Mm -hmm. to 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 process and get everything in order much like this break is this episode is a nice break from the usual high fidelity top five because it's still very high fidelity but it was you know, much more uh, <laughs> loose with the the structure of high fidelity because I think like season two is just loose for the structure. Yes, high fidelity season or yeah, he's like the future season two is like we said at the early on is like whatever the fuck we want it to be the day we start recording because like I said, yeah. the rules got turned off. Once we decided that the the fucking the art for the season is just going to be me dressed as Boba Fett and fucking Grace dressed as the crow, and I'm surrounded by empty chicken nugget boxes, and Grace is in uh um fucking surrounded by plants because she's a plant bitch now, yeah. and you can constantly remember that if you go to our Instagrams Teespring and buy a sweater shirt, whatever you want that says I'm a plant bitch now. And also, don't forget that wonderful sit better. No, sit gentle poo better. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because we have hot toys to buy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I kind of need my my Iron Man. Please. Yeah. And then, like, legit, while we were recording, I was like... (laughs) It was fucked up. I was like getting all emotional. I was talking about like finding my sense of home and where I belong. And I was just like, I was like, I was feeling it. And all of a sudden I get an email pop up on my screen being like Mandalorian Boba Fett hot toys announced. I was like, son of a bitch. 
Yeah, our home is our toys. Yeah. Please help us find our home. Exactly. So if you haven't gotten the sense of that earlier when I said I'm deciding where I'm going to build my home and mm. where I'm going to move to in the future based on how much space I have to fucking build my mausoleum of fucking collectibles. <laughs> now you know. Uh, I've mentioned it kind of in the past uh, i have a youtube channel where i talk about nerdy toys and collectibles and stuff it's uh youtube.com slash nerdy scoundrel uh this last episode well last episode for me but i i talked about like a comic book that's launching for uh, superman it's christopher reeve 1978 movie oh God, and then beautiful. the batman 1989 and these are both supposed to take place after the movies so they're like unofficial sequels absolutely um so that's very exciting for me um if you want to see me doing nerdy fucking stuff uh go to that youtube channel have fun uh go watch all this stuff please watch all his stuff especially his room tour that shit is amazing amazing it's a fucking museum it's a museum i'm gonna do an updated one soon yes um one thing we've been talking about is we're gonna do a QSAC to the future YouTube channel as well. Eventually. Uh, and then we're gonna do eventually, uh, because you know, the world is the world. Uh, <laughs> and we're gonna do like vinyl hunts, we're gonna do fucking Ooh, chicken yeah. nugget mukbangs, uh, all the fun shit that Dude, that people throw onto the internet. Though. I haven't tried the spicy yet. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. I say we get all the nuggies from all the different fast food restaurants because I still Ooh. think uh wendy's nuggies are incredible the i don't circular know circular white white meat ones yes mm-hmm. i remember those yes so i think we get uh nuggies from wendy's nuggies from mcdonald's yes and wherever else they have nuggies burger we'll king. have like yep. a child burger king they're always pretty they bad. were okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so we'll have a, a gauntlet uh and then we'll just watch all the fucking fun stuff that we want to watch and then eat nuggies. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. But I think that's it for this episode. Unless, is there anything else you wanted to mention uh, this week, Grace? Um, just a few shout outs. We got a shout out to our homegirl, Jamie, who Yay. just got casted into a movie. We're so happy for her. So awesome. Um, that's how we roll. <laughs> when, I know. When we find out more information, we will just plug the shit out of that. I just I love Jamie with all of my heart. I'm yeah. so ready for her to be, like, famous. <laughs> yeah. She was one of the, uh, the like, she was the one of the first people I've worked with at uh, Ben's Oh, stuff. God, yeah. So and- she was very nice and very caring to, for me and just, but um, just seeing her work, it was just that thing of just yeah. seeing how good everyone was at that space. Like, so it, it was just like, I gotta fucking take this more seriously. Yeah. Like, not because, like, she made me feel that way, but just because of how good she was, yeah. you know? And in the best way. She's very nice. She's like, anytime we needed to run stuff, she was, like, very supportive. She'd give me um, all sorts of support. So anytime I think of uh, Jamie, I've always... Uh, it's a it's a great feeling to, to to see that she got cast in something that's very awesome and i can't yeah. wait to see it yeah but i'm very happy for her and an absolute real talk like she was the first person that i absolutely grad uh, like gravitated towards when i saw a bendelstiff show where mm-hmm. i was just like i'm gonna work with her one day and then you know to actually work with her and to create the, and, you know and i i have so many roles in my head of, in terms of like script writing where i want her to be in there one way or another but i worked with her when when you know 
over the summer, like many a couple years ago, and I was like, she is just a delight to work with, and she's so amazing. She's such a good actress. Her yeah. talent is like overflowing, and just I cannot wait to see her in this. You know, whatever capacity she has, like we're gonna just binge watch the fuck out of it. And so I'm like so ready for her to, you know, be recognized. And so I'm yep. so happy. And so Jamie, like definite shout out to Jamie, who is like an OG Bindlestiff, who is also like our our mama and our, you know, Mare in so many ways. And so I'm just I'm very happy about that. Um so shout out to her in in, in big ways. And then also um I've been listening to a lot of Twitch DJs and I just want to shout out two people. Um, DJ Stank Palmer, who streams Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Like, sh- like the stuff that he plays is, you know, very rejuvenating for me. And then also like, if you love like old Pinoy music, OPM, um, there is a DJ who does that on Sundays and she's amazing. Her name is Les and you know, DJ Les, like I love her so much. She, this is the music that she grew up with. And so she just has all these vinyls of like original Pinoy music. And it's so good. Cause it just reminds me of the shit that my, my parents group like would play when I was little. And I was, you know, I'm over there like reminiscing about my parents collection that is lost now but like lives on through her so i love it so those are my those are my two things before we close out and you know i can put that up on whatever social medias we have like please go listen to them they're so amazing and and, you know support support our djs who are having a rough time because places aren't open right now and you know send them the biddies give them the prime subs like you know just send them love so they can survive as well so yeah yeah anything for you um no i got i I didn't have one fucking preloaded i feel bad now i was just like let me plug myself (laughs) plug yourself dude um but yeah nerdy scoundrel is like whenever it comes up i'm like yes yeah and i'm very inactive most of the time i'm like i'm gonna put fucking daily content for three weeks and then disappear for eight months dude it's it's lovely Um, like when you show your toy stuff when you show like your toy hunting like it's you know in those moments like i really feel like oh this is why i'm a toy person because i i get to see that through your eyes but also like relive the stuff that i i you know have done in my life and y'all if you haven't subscribed to nerdy scoundrel yeah. sub that shit right now on youtube.com because it is so fun and to hear john just explode with happiness about a new toy or a new comic book like it's pretty cool yeah i've heard <laughs> people say uh that that's the happiest they've ever seen me when i see a new toy <laughs> which is sweet but also alarming i'm like is that fucking how morose i look in real life yeah it's just you you know you you pick it's a different happiness and it's another level you know so yeah and it's like the majority of the time we see we we see each other stressed because a production is happening but then when we talk about toys when we talk about comics when we talk about movies like yeah that is our happy place and so yeah 
Yeah. I'm just uncomfortable 97% of my time. <laughs> 3% I'm looking or fucking hunting for toys. Um, so with that said, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Yeah. We'll see you next week. Um, my name is John. And I'm Grace. Remember, home is where the toys are. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Bye.